0: Hello and welcome to Creativeize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. I'm Chris Scott, and I'm here with uh, my name's Atish, and
1: guest Sarah Jackson. We have
0: a guest today, <laughs> Sarah Jackson. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: <laughs> um, well, I am a local of Tucson, Arizona, born and raised. And I'm a creative. I identify as a creative. Um, I'm a photographer. I'm an actor. Um, In general, I just kind of dabble in all aspects of the creative world. But those those would be the two primary things that I identify with.
0: That's pretty cool. I met Sarah in my movie. She was in my movie. The Mummy movie. The Mummy movie. She came in last minute.
1: Yeah. Somebody else was cast for the part I fulfilled, but they couldn't.
0: What happened to the original? There was a... communication error Uh and I don't want to point fingers but I will
2: (laughs) so it wasn't your fault
0: so uh, it it was a little bit my fault but we were maybe two a week and a half into shooting and we didn't need the female yet it was because the movies about a bunch of bros yeah (laughs) and a mummy and so I wasn't in communication with the actress I, I realized oh we're gonna probably shoot with this actress pretty soon I said, hey, A.D., email the actress, tell her that we need her on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I thought that would include details and stuff, but it, it was a very vague email. Oh. The email was, we're shooting the dinner scene Sunday, uh, hope to see you there type of thing. Mm-hmm. And we shot the dinner scene at 8 in the morning. And the actress thought, oh, we're shooting a dinner scene at dinner time on Sunday. So she went to Phoenix Saturday night
2: Oh, and was planning on back. driving
0: back Sunday morning. Yeah. So it was like, do we lose the location or do we get a new actress
2: and so you yeah, got a was. new actress you got a new actress and a great performance <laughs> and a fantastic performance i i didn't realize you shot that because the you're you talking about the r bar scene right that was daytime daytime holy shit well, a yeah, pretty that's pretty bar. common
1: you usually shoot during off hours if you're in a oh, yeah. business facility that makes sense yeah so if it's if it's something that closes like in earlier in the evening, then usually you'll shoot kind of like overnight. Directly after, you know, yeah. everyone shows up at midnight and then they shoot till like six am or something like that. So there you go, the world of the the film business. The film business, the
2: magic yeah. of movies. Still have never been on a shoot yet. Whoa, oh, interesting. But <laughs> hm <huh>. Well, <laughs> there you have. You're in a short film. That's oh yeah. Enough counts. Oh yeah. But that was more in like a parking garage. and Same difference. Yeah.
0: We're shouting off hours on a Sunday in a parking garage. That's true. Nobody parked there. There you go. It's perfect. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, so here at Creative Eyes Strategize and Synergize, we've been talking a lot about uh, marketing the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And I saw you posted on Facebook the other day about some uh, theater program that you're working on the marketing side with.
1: I am. Please tell us more about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Elaborate.
1: (laughs) Gladly. (laughs) Um, Well, I decided to um, pursue a marketing minor for my degree. And right now I'm working on my undergrad in theater arts. And I decided I wanted to go in the route of marketing because I feel like it's important for pretty much all aspects of life in general, but especially if you're going to be a performer or working in the industry, because, I mean, you're, essentially your art isn't complete without an audience. And so I, my heart is first with theater, um, and theater is kind of it's struggling a little bit, I feel like, as a whole, to stay afloat. And so I personally would like to make a difference in the success of the the life expectancy of theater so um i so anyway whatever i guess i'm kind of digressing but uh that's why i decided to get my minor in marketing and then so when you
0: got your minor was that like because you weren't learning like audience building per se in your theater classes or was that ever brought up or
1: Mm. Yeah, it's not really something that has been focused in theater classes. I mean, like, there's a lot of theory for stuff, but in terms of, like, legitimate application, um, not as much. Right, I mean, right. I'm I'm still a first, a performer, you know, right. but but I've noticed just in my, my – the things that I've been in personally, um, the more that I, you know, promote something, the more likely the seats are to be filled, whether it's in, you know – a film screening or a live performance in theater so i feel like marketing is vital you know regardless of whether i'm representing something or you know like if if i'm not performing in it but i'm representing it or if i am um, a you know, live participator
2: so like learning how to effectively uh build an audience, maintain an audience and actually get people to understand what you're doing. Yeah, be, exactly. Find look your, tar- at your product. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, find your target market and then effectively find ways to reel them in.
2: Yeah, I mean that's universally applicable in everything, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: I think so. I mean, you, you definitely spend a lot of time focusing on your craft of creating and that's the part that you enjoy, but mm-hmm. there comes a point where you kind of want to share it with people.
1: Right. I mean, well, it's like I said, it's incomplete, especially right. with theater, especially with theater because the audience is really a participator in, like, the final presentation you have Oh, yeah, there's
0: definitely vibes and energy that mm-hmm. everybody feels in a, mm-hmm. in a live performance yeah. of the art. Yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. Just like now, how we're in front of each other right now. Yeah. This would be really weird if we were all in our living rooms talking on the phone to each other.
1: <laughs> Though I'm sure it's done more often than... Right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, eventually we're going to have a Skype. <laughs> Eventually. You'll get
1: someone real big on on your podcast, and you know they'll be like, "I can't come to Tucson, but I'll be I'll be willing to record in
0: my studio." I'll probably just go to them if they're really oh, big. Hey. Yeah, I probably have a big fancy
2: house. I really don't have a whole lot going on.
0: <laughs> so, so in your marketing <laughs> classes, what did you learn in your marketing classes that you thought would be very applicable to your acting world?
1: Mm, good question. Um, well, we let's see. I mean. I took, I took about six... Well, it doesn't really matter. Um, I took courses that focused on advertising, so, like, creative advertising and kind of alternative ways. Well, traditional and creative. So traditional forms of advertising, whether it's, you know, sending mail out to people, billboard advertisements, um, commercial advertisements, um, but then also different, like, guerrilla marketing tactics. So, you know, like, in, in New York, you might see on a subway... Uh, what's a good example? You know, like like the, the 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 rails or the grips that you put your hands through or whatever to mm-hmm. like hold uh, the rails up top. Yeah. Um there was different companies who had um who had just done these different creative things. Like I think one was like a watch. So, you know, you put your hand you wrap your hand through that and you can see like the the outline of whatever rubber or whatever it is is like a watch on your wrist, so like things that make you notice advertisements in a way that you might not normally uh-huh. um, and so I think I mean for me personally, I think doing those type of things with theater it can be really interesting because I mean theater itself is a presentation it's a form of entertainment, and if you can find ways to promote whatever you have going on in, enter- in an entertaining way, I think that people are more enticed to want to know
0: more. Right. So you've been working on establishing uh, some marketing ideas for a program or for a show.
1: Yeah. So I am in a marketing internship right now with the school of theater, film and television with the university of Arizona. And um, I'm focusing more on the bachelor of arts productions. There's like a couple different branches for, um, for the school itself. So you have like, you have film and television, and then you have BFAs, BAs, and minors. And then it's the same with the theater side. Um, it, with the BFAs, you might have performance or production. But I'm currently, myself, I'm a BA. And, um, and the BAs have an opportunity to put on a performance. Um, they put They put on four performances in a year. And it's called the Studio Series. And within those performances, they might be a devised piece. So they might completely create a performance from scratch. So they might take a topic or a theme and they make a whole play out of it. Um, they just did a performance of Endgame that I did a lot of promotions for. And so that's more of like a classical works. Um, but one of the unique things about the studio series is that they're only given a budget of $500 for the whole thing. So with the university, they have the space taken care of, but For costumes, set pieces, props, marketing, um, it all has to fit within a $500 budget.
2: So, your marketing efforts have to be like really budget conscious. Because yeah. Especially if they yeah. extend a little bit on like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because like I mean, even,
1: even, you know, like the playbills that they hand out in the performance, that all comes from the $500 budget. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's like literally everything, you yeah, know. super tight. So, yeah, so it's cool because you learn how to, you know, you kind of tangibly learn how to put on something like low budget. And that's how usually we start out, especially, you know, once you graduate or whatever. Um, so, to put on something successful that doesn 't really cost money, so it kind of breaks down that mentality that you have to have oh, I always have to have extra x amount of dollars to do yeah. something, um, but it still is limiting, so mm-hmm. you have to you do have to think out of the box but then, on top of that, with the university there 's like tons and tons of rules that you have to follow, oh, so you can 't sure. just so even though you have this like amazing population, you know like forty thousand people in you know, like (laughs) three miles, miles, you know, like you have this huge, you have this huge network that you could, um, and demographic that, you know, you could potentially reel in, but because there's so many limitations with, you know, like, getting students information because of confident confidentiality breaches right, and then yeah. and then just even other things with the school like you know they don't want people just doing anything and everything on campus like yeah. they're trying to maintain some degree of order integrity um, and um, yeah, like yeah integrity <laughs> and order so like so there's still there's still um, even though there's opportunity for it's it would seem there's a lot of opportunity for creative things. There's still a lot of limitations on top sure. of that. So it's constantly it's funny cuz i when i was thinking of things, you know, i'd be like, "Well, what about this? Or what about this?" and then i'd get something back that would be like, "Well, we can't really do that because of this." And then i was like, "Oh." So you're con- so it was, it was this constant it was this constant attempt to have something new or adjust, you know, every time an obstacle came my way.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah, like, live problem-solving, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. that's that's definitely interesting because, essentially, you're trying to get the most impact or the, the greatest reach out of the smallest amount. Like, every little... Exactly. Like, dollar, every little uh, effort that you put out there has to be very money-conscious, but you also want to make sure that it gets the farthest reach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely true for anything, but then simultaneously having to worry about protecting, like, the University of Arizona's brand. Right. Whatever they're... Because, like, for me, starting my own business... I can make my own brand and either it'll be (laughs) successful or it won't. I mean, that's good. But I can make adjustments as it goes. But if you already have. A set infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, having to be able to stick to those kind of guidelines has to be challenging. Yeah,
1: and one of the learning curves that I had to go through too is, I mean, I'm only an intern, and so there's someone who's overseeing the marketing department. Uh-huh. There's someone, there's the director who's overseeing the production. Then there's also the artistic director who oversees the whole BA program. And so, anytime I wanted to get something done, you know, if I wanted to get it done immediately, it was almost impossible. Right. Because you, go up the <laughs> you know, chain I'd command. have to be, I'd have to ask for permission, and then I have to wait for like all the responses and. <sighs> You know, especially with these people who are at the top of the line, you know, they're getting like a trillion emails in a day. Right, yeah. So I, I would have to be a little bit, I guess, more, I don't want to say aggressive, but I'd have to pester a little bit more than I would normally like because it'd be like, hey... I don't know if you saw this email, but I'm still waiting.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely something I'm running into also where I've never been the type of person who likes to ask for something. I just assume mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, people will recognize like what I'm doing or everything. Right. And they, gonna... You
1: think that you think that what you're doing, you're interpreting that what you're doing is quality and you're right. not trying to sacrifice the integrity of, of anyone else exactly. along with yourself. But still, no, it's you like can't there, there comes a time where I have it. to be
2: blowing up someone's <laughs> inbox or I have to be sending a lot of texts or doing that kind of stuff. It happens. Yeah. Totally.
1: Totally. Yeah.
2: Totally
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um with the with the low budget performance piece like mm-hmm. endgame, what kind of stuff did you come up with? what
1: Well, I had a lot of ideas that I didn't end up executing um, partially because partially because of budget, partially also because like I just didn't really know how to go about things, and I probably didn't ask as many questions as I should have, and that's definitely a learning thing. just it's always oh, better sure. to ask more questions than not. And even if you... Because I just assumed, I guess, a lot of the time, like, I'm an intern, I'm a student. So if I put, you know, an idea out there that I want to do, then the people above me will automatically give me, like, the resources that I would need to just follow through with it. Like, I still have to do the work. Yeah. But I figured that they would have given me just more of, like, okay, well, here's, like, our procedures for doing something like that.
2: Sure, yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. So
1: because because I didn't get that, and then I kind of waited too long on a few things, so... I didn't get to do as much as I wanted. Okay. Um but I did, you know, I had some ideas of like maybe uh taking like taking so the set so the set for endgame um is two trash cans, a chair, and then um two two windows and then it's basically an empty room. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was I thought it would be kinda of cool to like recreate the set and then maybe put it on the university mall kind of near the union yeah. so when people are passing by it you know they're like oh what's that mm-hmm. and it could have been formatted in a way where maybe like there was um like machete on it or modge podged or something would be like the logo brand you know mm-hmm. like yeah, Endgame yeah, yeah. or whatever and so like people could see that and maybe like hashtag ua Endgame, so yeah. people could follow more on like a social media level take pictures with it or whatever didn't end up executing that um because one i would have had to get like the people involved to actually like put that to pass. And I don't know. I don't know what it would have really cost. But anyway, so that kind of got shelved. But, um, I would say the greatest contribution I ended up giving was, um, I mean the power of social media. So the social media game on their end is kind of low just in general for the school of theater, film and television.
2: Yeah. A lot of, I think U of A's (laughs) stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that goes hand in hand with what we were talking about earlier about how they have their certain, brand representation yeah. that they're used to doing yeah. and kind of there's a novel way to do things or mm-hmm. a novel way to operate that might not be sure
1: well I think too with the well with specifically the marketing department for TFTV uh
2: uh-huh.
1: um it, they just don't have enough people. They have so much oh, okay. work and they just don't have enough time uh-huh. and like energy to do everything. And I didn't really realize like I'm not a big social media person. I network really well, but I don't like constantly post, 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 post or anything. Yeah, yeah. And so starting so starting something from complete scratch and then having this time limit where it's like I got to build a little bit of an audience and in order to promote the show, because if I don't have anyone following me, then there's no point. Right, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. No point in my efforts, and so having to, um, so be really intentional about like building up an audience, but then also having quality content, and then learning along the lines of like really social media marketing. Um, is about the social aspect of things, mm-hmm. so the more opportunity you have for people to have click throughs for things or redirect them to something else they 're actually building a relationship with you right and um, so kind of kind of really learning that process that it 's not really about posting but it 's about what you post and how you're engaging your audience within that
2: no exactly that's actually something i think we were touching on and something that has kind of formulated a lot of our ideas i think it's definitely interesting um i really like the idea uh that you had for uh end game to make mm-hmm. to rebuild the set that sounds yeah. really cool and it's kind of interesting that that's kind of the direction things are taking now in general we had the same thing we wanted to execute with uh the mummy and building a frame for pictures mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and going out and doing that, which we haven't done yet, but we also will. hasn't been <laughs> done yet, but we will. But, um, but that's kind of the direction that it goes. And that's exactly kind of what we were saying about it, that it's actually not so much about just like putting stickers on a whole bunch of shit or having flyers or doing, you know, whatever, but it's more like building relationships. Yeah. Because... Having
1: something that people can interact with and yeah. Yeah, build a relationship.
2: Yeah, and right. that's Because I think there's that psychological, uh, idea of reciprocity you know Mm -hmm. like oh we are building a relationship you're more likely to want to check out or do something for me or help me out or something like that if we know each other if we have like some kind of a don't know tribalism Mm -hmm. thing built in there so i think that's interesting that that's kind of the way things are going that we're verging away from just like I don't know. I think maybe twenty years ago they would just put out newspaper ads,
1: right? And now that's not a thing. Oh, I'll go to that because that's the thing to do, right? Here's a news flash
2: from the city. (laughs) I mean, one
1: of the things that I would like to push for in my limited time left at the university is to bridge more of the gap between like the schools, because I was talking to different film students. There's definitely a division between you know like the film and the theater world, and then also um, even within like the BFA and BA departments themselves yeah yeah there's not the because there's specific classes you know that bfa students take that ba students are not allowed to take and and you know just like that kind of thing and then and then too because you have all these you have these main stage shows they really suck the time i mean even even you know studio series shows whatever production you're in that's going to be like where all of your energy and focus is taken and and so if you don't have the time you know because of like rehearsals or whatever else to go and see, you know, a studio series show right, or like vice yeah. versa, then like you're missing opportunity for just like your immediate community mm-hmm, to support mm-hmm. you. But but at the same time, um, you know, I was talking to one of the, the B.A. film students and I was talking about how it'd be cool to have more of like a cross contamination within um, just the departments themselves and the students. And this person was all for it. And I was asking, you know, I was like, do you film students ever come to, you know, the theater productions? And they were, she was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we do, we try, you know, it just depends on what we're doing, with what what we're doing also. And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, But then she also said, you know, if we know someone in the production, then we definitely try to go. So the more, the more relationships, it's Mm -hmm. all about relationships, the more relationships relationships. that you have with people. And even if it's like a small relationship, the fact that I know someone who is in, you know, that film or that production or whatever else, the more likely I will be to show up because I have a direct connection with that.
2: Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> something we're trying to leverage. Because I think of like
0: past theaters, performances I've gone to, it's only, it's always been because I either knew you know someone, someone in the cast or it was like a big production coming through town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I had so to So there's go. some
1: stigma associated with it that right. like. But you had a connection with whatever hype right, was which is, associated with it, right? Which
0: is, I think, is what is missing in a lot of people's social media: is that heart, mm-hmm. is that connection, and that's what we all just need to work on a little bit, just becoming yeah. becoming more human. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I mean that's definitely <clears throat> one of the one of the key things because all, all I do these days is read simultaneously. Uh, books that might be in old form or like textbooks or something like that or I'm reading all these articles written online about how to be a better marketer or how to do this kind of thing you know and it's so much contradictory information and something that I read that I absolutely disagree with and of course I have no <laughs> no one is going to listen to me about anything per se but uh, something I absolutely disagree with is that they're like oh you want to keep your posts short and succinct and just you know whatever and while i agree it's probably not useful to just ramble or whatever i think you get a lot more reception in general when there's actually substance like when you have yeah something... i think
1: especially when you're coming from a personal place of like vulnerability yeah. or like you're really speaking from your heart like people really identify with that yeah. i think it's smart to have something that's like short where you know you kind of like hook them in or mm-hmm. they can kind of mm-hmm. they can get what you're saying the based off of, it, of like yeah. you know just like a little intro yeah but then if they want they can engage in more expand on that yeah
2: yeah, yeah. that's probably a smart idea too so yeah. are we going to the theater <laughs> i feel like
0: we are now <laughs> yeah. Oops. Oops. My phone. so
2: <laughs> you're having trouble question asking I actually, I actually have uh, several more questions, though, in a in a weird kind of vague direction. Maybe not. Whatever. The direction we're... I
1: mean, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm here for the ride. <laughs> cool, awesome. Uh,
2: well, because I myself actually was just looking into uh, curriculum for uh, an MBA. Actually, uh-huh. I, was, I was thinking about uh, starting the process of enrolling and doing the GMAT and all that nonsense. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I was just kind of wondering. Because I I come from an absolutely different background. Like I got my bachelor's in neuroscience and cognitive science and so I was kind of more STEM focused. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of wondering how uh, that transition, because you're also coming from kind of a, uh, although I think that marketing is intrinsically tied into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, How is that crossover for you? Is it like a very natural thing? Like it easily blends into your discipline and kind of your field of focus? Or is it something that you are kind of having to independently take what is useful and discard the rest?
1: Um, I would say there is a combination of both. I think that I have a little bit of a natural knack for marketing. Okay. Um, it's not if I believe in something, it's not very hard for me to really push it and you know kind of get people to like On buy board. into yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I've had I've had lots of friends over the years who, especially other photographers who maybe were just starting out, they would come to me.
2: Guys. <laughs> That's right. right. We're not did. professionals here. I think da, 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 da. every episode you can hear me like <laughs> cracking my knuckles, <laughs> something weird. No, it's all good. grinding your teeth, yeah, something like <laughs> that. <rumbling>. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh,
1: okay, let me back up. B-b-b-bum-bum. I don't know where I was. Oh, okay, so naturally, um, I've had so I've had friends who've maybe started out with photography come to me and they end up asking me all of these questions about marketing and like branding and um, or just, you know, just like questions in general, like how do I start out? And then I guess I go into this whole thing where it's like, oh, well you have to market yourself this way and you got to brand yourself this way. And this is all before I took my, you know, marketing minor. Sure. And so I felt like I had this natural knack for it, but I just didn't have much structure Uh associated Uh with it. And I wanted more of, I just wanted more of like a concrete foundation for, the principles of marketing and that kind of thing, which is why I went in the direction of, of minoring and marketing. Right.
0: Um, did you but, find, uh, did you go into the, the minor though with the thought of, I need this minor to be, to justify my marketing skills or was it just to that learn that basic structure?
1: I think it was to reinforce more so okay. what I already know. And I, I mean, I wanted to know more. I felt like there was more that I didn't know about. And, um, I would say, I would say it did both. Like there was a lot of things that it did like confirm. Um, there was a lot of things that I learned too. And, um, and so I don't know. Does that answer the question? I think think so. I think so. I can have a tendency, I feel like to like try to (laughs) overcompensate my answers. And then I go back and I'm like, that wasn't necessary.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I think I find myself in a similar place where I, uh, end up, just based on the way, like, I think a lot of job postings or a lot of things are phrased these days, I find myself, like, trying to justify why sure. I'm good for something when actually oh, for sure. the well, proof especially- is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like, I can yeah. execute and everything works out fine. <laughs> right. For the part. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we're still working our concerted marketing efforts, but as soon as, you know, like, I... I I'm kind of I'm I'm in this weird place where I'm wondering what speaks more is it, you know, the piece of paper that comes along with it or will it be the body of work that I'm doing independently of having a piece of paper. Uh
1: I mean I think your relationships will supersede anything else but I would say probably your work will outsource just the paper itself. Though the paper can be, like, the hook that gets you in.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's the thing that, like, gets you into the conversation. What mm-hmm. you say while you're there is really the thing that lets you stay or makes you leave. Right. Um, or the
1: person that gets you in in the first place. Or Yeah, whatever.
2: yeah. I mean, essentially, that's that's sort of a habit I'm trying to break because mm-hmm. I – I don't think, especially these days, I don't think anyone is hired or I don't think anyone is given contracts or anything like that based on, you know, a degree alone. I I think in the last episode we were talking about, I found like some statistic that people are like 80% of people are hired these days based on connections. Mm -hmm. How does that translate to, you know, the, the, I guess the theater business are people cast I mean people are cast based on auditions for the most part or is it based on relationship building a little bit or is that
1: I mean I think it's still I I still think relationships you know supersede anything else because mm-hmm. especially especially I think in the theater world um, well it. I would say I would say it depends on the company <laughs> because it depends on the intentions of the company if a company likes to to kind of create more of a core ensemble Uh then they're going to want to reuse more uh more actors than not and i see that with certain theater companies here and those are probably the ones that have the the strongest production value and um and who have you know the they have a resident theater usually um so they're just kind of grounded in more of a way that perhaps a homeless theater might not have um where they just have to like rent out a space for every show oh, and you never know. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. one, you know, one show might be here and another show might be somewhere else yeah. because it just depends on what they're able and to. And the
2: resources are just different. Yeah,
1: exactly. Way. Exactly. Um, but I think that, that if you have a little bit of a relationship with someone beforehand, um, that helps them see you more they trust you a little bit more even yeah. if they haven't worked with you before. There's just kind of this – it's just this humanistic thing where it's like, oh, I'm familiar with them, so I trust them. Right, you and then they might have a more like, <laughs> intimate
2: working knowledge – Of your range, or like what you can do, or your strengths versus your weaknesses, that sort of thing. But you could
1: completely blow someone away on an audition, you know, uh and it'd be completely cold, you know, your relationship with them, and, you know, you get cast on the spot right there. But then again, with the theater world and the film world, there's so many things that you can't control, also, that aren't necessarily part of whether you have a relationship with that person or not. Right. Because it could depend on, you know, they're, they're trying to cast certain looks together, and I don't fit that or you know the person I'm playing opposite of is this height and I'm too tall for them or Mm. I'm too short or you know something like that or this this part requires them to have brown hair and I have blonde hair so there's like a lot of things in the theater world that you just don't really have as much control over I think that versus you get judged for that other professions and in a lot of professions might, yeah, they, might, yeah. They, might, they wouldn't have those necessarily they wouldn't necessarily have those requirements yeah
2: that's that's actually a weird that would make me super neurotic <laughs> even more so even more so than normally <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i mean you re- when it comes to auditions you really just have to go and then give it your best and then leave it you know once you once you step out that door you leave it at the door and if you get a call back great I always consider that a win because they're at least considering me for the part. Even yeah, if I don't end up with even if I don't end up with the part in the end, but I feel like that's always a success because they either felt like I had the talent or there was something involved mm-hmm. there that would that would work for them. Um, but yeah, but you just ha- you really have to just let it roll off your back whether you get it or not.
2: Yeah, that's that's like a, that makes me think of that uh, or at least the opening of uh, La La Land. When mm-hmm. uh Emma Stone mm-hmm. is going on all those auditions and some of them she just seems like she actually is like so good. Like there's that scene where she's like crying and doing a very good Yeah, I felt job. like her
1: I felt like her auditions, I was like when I watched it, I was like, Oh wow, she's really yeah, good. This is, this I mean, good, even yeah. for her being like an amateur, you know, acting in an right, amateur actor, yeah. I was like, I would cast her.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's there like crying and someone just like walks in with coffee or something like that. I was like, Oh fuck <laughs> That seems really, really difficult. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have to have a thick skin, I think. I think we're going to go on a casting
2: adventure pretty soon, right?
0: We are going to go on a casting adventure pretty soon.
1: I always tell Chris, I'm all, I'm here, Chris. I know, I know,
0: <laughs> I know, I know.
1: <laughs> one of the last times I was like, he, was, he posted something out like, oh, I'm looking for actors to collaborate with. And I was like, Chris, I'm here. And he's like, do you just know anyone who's ethnic? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. And see, that's one thing where it's like, I am so white. There's nothing I can do. Like I can't blend nationalities or ethnicities like at all. Yeah. <laughs> I can be, I can be Australian. I can be British. I can be white <laughs> American, you know, like there's not much else that I could really be. And I just have to accept that for what it is. So I don't get offended if he's like, oh, I'm just looking, I'm looking
0: for something some specific here. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, f- I feel like it's really hard to find, uh, uh, multiracial talent.
1: You think it would be easier here? I think it, I thought I thought South. it would
0: be, but no, it's really Southwest. hard to find hmm. people. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah, and I know people. Chris She knows people. <laughs> but that's see, building that's a relationships thing. and marketing yeah, a relationship. that's a thing. Right.
2: She knows people. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. That's where I Kind of where I want to go with my production company is to mm-hmm. kind of have more ethnic talent and mm-hmm. portray them in a more positive light. Less bad guys and terrorist type stuff. Yeah. So there you go. That's my goal. With I
1: like that. that. That's good.
2: I mean, it's it's noble intentions. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see what happens. I'm sure everyone else is out there trying to do that too.
2: <laughs>
0: Let's see what else.
2: What else? I mean, I'm I'm just kind of now that you brought it up, I'm really curious about how's your Australian accent.
1: Oh, my Australian! Ooh. I, I I was just giving I was giving oh it was just a thing. general yeah I don't I I haven't <laughs> right, worked on right. an Australian accent really well. Never so. <laughs> <Either laughs> mind, scratch that question. Uh, I'll, I'll strike yeah, that from the record. I don't know. I I no, it's gonna be. I'm gonna butcher it.
0: So the last couple of episodes, we've been playing this <laughs> game called uh, "Step Into Your Power," and it's a terrible name for a game.
1: Step into your power. Yeah, did we come up with that
2: name in the first
0: place. It was uh, I I sing a song. Okay. Uh <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not. It's in the second episode. Uh, oh, check it out. I'm going to
1: have to listen now. Okay. Give it a
0: listen. Give it a listen. On but, iTunes uh, but it's a it's a game where we uh, kind of put into practice these things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about earlier about building an audience for a theater show or for an actor. So I thought maybe we could do that for for a show or an actor. What do you <clears> feel like doing?
2: Um, Let's let's do – um. I'm, I'm,
0: You know what would be fun is if we did one for for Greg. Like we came up with a marketing plan for Greg. (laughs) I had a very long conversation with Greg the other day about his career. And I had no idea what to say to him because he's all over the place.
1: He is all over the place.
0: So Greg is an actor, another actor that was in our Mummy movie. He was great in it.
1: We make fun of him a lot, but we love him.
0: Because it's super easy to.
1: (laughs) Chris said, when we were on set, Chris had to like tell me to tone it down once. He was like, "Chill out, Sarah," and I was like,
2: oh, "Why?" Because
0: you're, you're <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Greg it's... was. Greg is. Yeah,
2: no, uh, he was. He's he awesome. was. He he's was great. So funny. Um, I I also got the chance to briefly work with him on the on the short, and up till then I had only heard Greg's stories. I hadn't actually met him as a person, and uh, he rolls in, and he's immediately like super entertaining, but also like. <laughs> so energetic like I was coming in like I was a little tired you know and uh-huh. you know it was early in the morning that sort of thing and he rolls in just so energetic and loud and wants to get after it and I was like oh my god is this a real person like
0: <laughs> he's a real person
2: yeah but it uh, was good he brought a lot of uh, good energy to it you know yeah
1: he got stabbed and he continued with our film
0: well that's where our film was delayed <laughs> 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 just a routine stabbing not a <laughs> No big deal. So we were supposed to to film in November, and the main actor uh, got shot in the leg at Old Tucson's Nightfall show. He got shot in the leg, so we had to wait for his leg to heal. And then (laughs) we were supposed to shoot a couple weeks after he was done healing, and then Greg got stabbed in the arm. Oh, my gosh. And then it was like, all right. So we waited a little bit, and he had to get, like, tendon surgery, like, tendons reattached. And that's why we waited... Three months.
2: Wait, and then when we were working on the short, Preston blew out his knee. Right. I yeah. think working with you is really you bad, might luck. Have some bad I think you have got some some bad mojo. It's right? Dangerous working with me. All right. So we're talking about how we're going to market Greg as an actor.
0: <clears throat> well, no. I told. Well, I want to. In my conversation with Greg, I told him he needs to focus on building an audience and not go for these gimmicky things to try and like trick people into watching his stuff to give him views and whatnot. Yeah. So I don't know how do how would an actor market themselves or build an audience?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, if we're talking about relationships, I think it, I mean, it starts there. If you have, so if you have something that you want people to watch, like if it's like a YouTube clip or something like that, um, a short film that you've posted on online that you want people to watch, I mean, I mean, the first step is to post it, but, well, I guess, I guess, can we back up (laughs) (laughs) next? So I, so let me, hmm. are you asking, I'm at what point, I guess, are you, do you mean if you're just starting out? Is that really what you're asking? All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give me some more, give me more premise here.
0: I'm going to become Greg right now. (laughs) Uh, You're Greg. I'm Greg right now. So, like, uh, <laughs> I want to be in a movie. I want to be in features.
1: You want to be in features? Yeah.
0: And I'm you thinking, want to become a leading man. Yeah. I want, to, I want to be in rom-coms and action movies. Because I watch rom-coms all the time with my mom. And action movies are so dope.
2: So dope. Action movies are so dope.
0: So I want to finance a movie because I think if being, in, if being in another feature will help me become a movie star. So what kind of movie should I be in?
1: Well, I don't think it's just about being in movies. Although, you know, there is, I mean, I think it is easy to get typecast in things if you, you know, if you're only doing, you know, certain types of films or whatever else. But I think what helps people want to engage with you as an actor is really the journey that you bring them through within like your acting and your interpretation as a character so becoming a better actor i would say is step one so get experience um, <laughs> Holy shit. but that, i i'm just I'm that was even, my suggestion i'm even was... speaking to myself here like i'm not gonna just i couldn't i i honestly at this point in the game i unless i had like a really really intentional like director and team and everything like i would have a hard time carrying a feature film through you know being the being the main character and like sustaining that that's it takes a lot of energy a lot of work and you have one you have to know your story in and out too you have to know your characters in and out because i mean if you're filming out a sequence you have to make sure that you know all of those elements are seamless when they put it together for editing,
0: right. you have to constantly be aware of the moment you're in, not yeah. in
2: real life but in the story, right. You can't be more in tune on right. day one than you are on day twenty right. because otherwise it'll fall apart
1: and too, it's not just an it's not just an instant thing. I mean people you know stars in Hollywood, they get their scripts a year before, if not more. you know uh-huh. it might be two years before, and they might be working a ro- on a role like an entire year with a coach you know right. one-on-one working on their character before they even end up on set mm-hmm. so having this like immediate perspective of like oh i just F- i just have money and i have a team you know and like a script or whatever and i show up on set you know that's going to be my ticket into whatever yeah um so and i think in general like i said this is not this is just in general. This is not targeting anyone. But I think actors are really lazy when it comes to their craft. We have this perspective that, oh, if, you know, I I I have myself. So I just put myself in front of the screen and, like, I'm good to go. But any, any musician or, you know, just anyone in general, if you want to become an expert, I'm going to pause for this. It's
0: an airplane. It's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Airplanes oh. happen.
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm used to being on set. Hold, please. Hold. Hold. for, hold. Hold for the airplane. <laughs> Eventually we'll get
2: a soundproof studio, but right now we we'll work work within our means. Right.
1: That's okay. You know? I, hey, humble beginnings. Yeah. Humble beginnings. Um, but, um, crap. Now I have to back up.
0: You're saying how actors were lazy.
1: Oh, actors are lazy. But if you want to become a master of something, if you want to become a great actor, um, you know, you have to master yourself. You have to master your knowledge of, you know, scripts, of characters, of how to interpret things, how to break things down, the meaning behind things, like how to execute things in a believable way. Um, And, you know, I mean, ultimately, the goal with actors is transformation. So what does that take? It takes... It really, it takes a lot of work. Right. I mean, anyone who's an expert, you know, in any sort of instrument, you know, they didn't just pick up the instrument and they were like, great. You know, they spent hours upon hours upon hours, you know, mastering that instrument. And that's what you have. That's what actors have to do for themselves. But it's us that <laughs> that we have to master.
2: That's actually um, the, that's like picking up or that's dropping off exactly where I immediately started thinking, if Greg wants to be um, a leading man action star and he wants to audience build, uh, I think what would be perfect for that in terms of like, you know, the, the step into your power game, figuring it out, the exact marketing approach, uh, he needs to really start to train on being an action star. So exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying basically is like become the role, really like yeah. have a concentrated effort. You know what uh, marketing shit really worked on on me, at least recently, in terms of action hero stuff? Um, all that stuff, you saw all the footage from behind the scenes mm-hmm. on all the practice and all the work yeah. that you saw of Keanu Reeves getting mm-hmm. ready for John Wick. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that guy could actually do all the yeah. stuff that he's doing. He's you know, flipping people, he's training in judo, he's, you know, sweating like crazy, then he's right. out on the range, and he's out on the range, pop, 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 right. you know, just, like, firing off. Watching him do that, I was like, oh, man, this movie's going to be great. Like, this right. movie's going to be great because he actually, you know, it's exactly he's what they said. it. Yeah, he's living it, and he's doing it very truthfully. They're like, yeah, you know, he's the first one at the gym, he's the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All that footage really makes you believe that he can execute this role like so perfectly that he is going to be some like and i think they also did it um pretty recently but i don't know if i was you know maybe i just happened to be in the right channel to see this footage but uh they did that recently for that movie american assassin that i actually didn't end up going to see so Mm -hmm. this is kind of maybe a bad example (laughs) (laughs) but um but they had this uh bodybuilder Steve Cook on set with them and they were like, yeah, we're going to show you some tricks about how you can film this stuff. He doesn't know anything about judo or like how to do these, you know, quick hand fighting type of stuff. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know anything about it but we're going to show you how we do it and how we film it such that we can take a novice and turn them into looking like an expert in four days. Uh Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was like super interesting. That got Mm -hmm. me so on board. Yeah. So, I mean, my recommendation for Greg is like, you know, start, start, Doing the the legwork on it, definitely. Um, an I, yeah, star.
1: I mean, if he wants to do action stuff, then he should definitely start taking. Um, any sort of uh, combat classes, yeah, you know, yeah. learn how to shoot, you know, a, any archery type stuff, you know, shooting. I don't know. Just like learn the ins and outs of everything. So yeah, if you yeah. get a role, you can do that. But I think, I think there's a lot of power too And when you're starting out doing short films, you know, mm-hmm. do short films of like what you want to do and yeah. then build up to a feature. Because if you, have a, if you have an audience for those short films, then once you invest into like the large scale things, right. then that's already built. So, yeah, I mean... As I mean, I guess also as an actor, if you want to like you could bring people through your journey, you know, you could start posting stuff like vlogs and that kind of a thing on YouTube. Yeah, you start vlogging. I think it's one of the things I think with building an audience that's so that's tough and especially for me is a consistency in like posting content. And like yeah. a consistency in giving thing your audience to participate in things because those are the things that'll help you grow. Uh-huh. Anyone who's on YouTube, they build their audience because they're consistent about posting. You know, like their videos online. They don't. They're not sporadic. You know, they might post things twice a week, but they do it twice a week um, or they do the it every days, week. Right? You know, and they do it on the, whenever they promise. If they say Wednesday mornings, it'll be posted Wednesday mornings. Right. And because you are reliable. <laughs> like your audience will follow you for that. And it'll, it might take time. And especially for an organic audience, it's not going to be overnight.
0: Well, with, um, with the, the same date and the same time, you become part of someone's routine. Yeah.
1: You I mean, do. I have
0: podcasts. I have things that I listen to because I know it's going to be out 9am mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Yeah. I know them. Something's going to be out Monday at 10. I know every Tuesday and Wednesday I have these two YouTube videos. I'm going to watch, you know, mm-hmm. it's
2: to, yeah. to quote, um, Matt snap, the director of the beverage program for, I think all Fox restaurants. Um, consistency equals craveability Mm. Mm. if you can give out a quality (laughs) product all the time (laughs) yeah every single time people Mm -hmm. will be they know that they can come to you for that product whatever it may be if it happens to be a cocktail or if it Mm -hmm. happens to be a podcast you know what I mean well too
1: with the consistency it reminds people of your existence right so when an opportunity does come up where it's like oh crap you know like like when it came with Eddie Mummy, oh crap! I need someone, you know, to fill in this role. Does anyone know anyone? Well, I happen to know the DP from some other projects I worked on, and they happen to refer me. And so, because because I was able for whatever reason to be in the forefront of their mind, like that will help you so much in this industry because mm-hmm. it is about who you know. Yeah. And so it's it's getting so it's building those relationships where people like you, they trust you, and they know and they know that you can follow through on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't be here today, you know. We'd be here <laughs> without today without that moment,
2: without
0: that. <laughs> oh, that dreary night of arguing about location versus actress. Wah, wah, oh yeah, wah. yeah. <laughs> very political
2: night. Very. Well, I mean, having seen the film, uh, it, it turned out great. It worked out. Yeah. I think everything worked out. It's very, a fun, very it's well. a
1: cute, fun, funny independent film.
2: Now, how should Greg start to? I mean, because I was talking no. about specifically about action movies. How do you train, or how do you kind of build an audience for rom coming? If just, you can make you that, a fall in love I mean, it would be just fall, <laughs> fall in all love the time all with every
1: showmance, guys. It's all about the showmance. Every Wednesday
2: at ten a.m.
0: Every- <laughs> fall in love.
1: Every single person you bring on as a guest, you fall in love with them.
0: <laughs> well, no, I think I think what. The, the two things that you both hit on was, uh, one, perfect your craft, whether it's action or acting or performance mm-hmm. or all that other stuff. But then vlogging it and consistently putting out content to show that you're becoming this.
1: You're growing and you're You're, growing, yeah, you're and building your, your craft.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you're adding that thing that people don't get to see is like, how do people get from point A to point B? How yeah. do people get from, hey, I want to be an action star to actually being in an action short, an action feature, you know. One year down the line, three years down the line, seeing that year long process or the however long it takes to make it happen, I think that's pretty darn cool.
1: Yeah. I think it's helpful too as an artist to like if you want content, write your content. Like be a writer. Create the content that you need mm. for yourself and then you know and then have it ready so that you're like, okay, I have it written. Um, I have myself cast as this character. I just need you know someone to play opposite of me. I need someone to film it, and I need someone to direct it. I mean, people all the time are looking to fill in those type of things, and when it's a short film too, and it doesn't take away too much out of you know your life, then those are other relationships that you build because and and I think it's always nice too if you're intentional about what you create, finding people who who it benefits them as well, right? So it's like, what are you looking for to build in your experience, whether you're a director or a cinematographer or whatever, create something that everyone can take away from and Mm -hmm. utilize for their personal endeavors or portfolio or whatever else it is. Sure. Yeah. Because like I said, everyone's benefiting and, um, and, and you're not wasting people's time. Yeah, yeah. And um and then it creates that it just creates more community. You know, nobody's there cuz they're like, "Oh, I don't want to be here."
2: Uh-huh. Right.
1: So, having so giving so producing things or trying to produce things, at least making an attempt the for things that are worthwhile. So, everyone is like I said, getting something out of it. If you're too, if you're self-serving in like your purposes, Nobody then cares. then you're you're sabotaging your relationships and right. really, because right. because you're putting a bad taste in someone's mind or their mouth towards you or working with you because you treated them like X Y Z or you know whatever.
0: And I feel like you can feel that in like projects mm-hmm. if it's more self-serving than it is, yeah, like a collaborative effort, yeah. So. I think that I think we gave Greg some pretty good,
2: yeah, <laughs> advice. There. This is the episode now, now to listen to. Now he just has to, to listen. Yeah if, you, yeah, if he was going to listen to one episode, this would be the episode. This is the to one listen to listen to.
1: He's featured, so well, double feature. I <laughs>
2: think double feature, double Greg feature.
0: Let's. Uh, should we try another? James? Sure. Another round of step into your power. Sure. I'm down. All right. I'm a, I'm a small theater doing a 500 dollars production of. Space Paws.
1: Space Paws. Oh, <laughs> space Paws
2: got a deal. Space Paws, space got a deal. Paws is, has
0: a, uh, a stage show now off the, based off the movie, based off the comic book. <laughs> it's now in the theater on tour. And it's about dogs in space. Or not, we don't have to do Space Paws. But Whatever. Any, like, a, like a theater production. Super low budget, like you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Like, what are some ways to...
1: So, well, I would say in the social social media aspect of things, one of the things that was really effective for um, what we did for Endgame was I went in, I took photos of the rehearsal process because they don't do their photo call until like two days before they open. So in my mind, I was like, that's not enough time to generate hype for an audience. Mm-hmm. So I went in during rehearsals and I have an advantage because I do professional photography. So I was able to do some creative shots and, you know, give, like I said, kind of up that production value that I was really wanting for all of this. And um, I guess I was talking to Chris before
2: the podcast. Well, for, an, for an uncultured but- swine such as myself, <laughs> what is a what is photo call?
1: Oh, a photo call, so like a media photo call, that's when you stage a couple like 3 to 4 shots uh-huh. of of things of mm, you stage a couple shots of the production with the cast oh, and then okay. you use that for promoting, promotional materials. yeah, promotional material. So like for, you know, if you're looking at the world of film, you know, it would be like your your media call or whatever could be for um, creating your poster or, okay. you know, oh, like something like that, saying. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. your movie poster. So they were something. doing
2: that two days before the actual, so that's,
1: that's what they schedule. They schedule oh. it two days before. And that's just the way the setup is. I don't really like it, <laughs> but whatever. Um, they don't really get, well, cause also too, they don't really get a lot of the lighting designers and set stuff finalized and costumes and stuff really until oh, tech week.
2: Like so that.
1: they don't have a complete. I I think there could be ways around it, but whatever. It yeah, yeah. Matter. This is what I was working with. <laughs> okay. So, but going in and taking pictures of them in the rehearsal process, and doing it, you know, tactfully, artistically, uh-huh. um, posting those, and then what I started doing is I started using quotes from the text, and I would I would associate it with the image. So whoever saw the pictures would also see the text and have, um, you know, create some sort of like relationship with that. And so I did that a couple times when they're first starting, and then they started partially getting costumes. And then, like, right before the release of the production, um, I was the one who took the the professional photos of, uh-huh. you know, everything in motion. And um, and then once that started happening, I also started taking quotes from the actors. And I was asking them about their experience with working with Beckett as a text, because it's a really difficult text. It's probably some of the most difficult texts that's out there. And um, working with the director, who is an Emmy-nominated director, he oh, co- cool. r- co-wrote the Laramie Project and. They did. Um, if you're not theater people, then you probably don't know, but <laughs> which is totally <laughs> I mean, fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you lost me. It, but. but it's okay. If somebody else knows, cool. Greg Barati. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. But they did. But they did also an adaptation of that play for a film, and that's where he got um, nominated as an Emmy writer. Oh, cool. So. So yeah. So I mean. So just being an award, you know, winning and nominated, um, just artist and um then even you know like just working with other people it's just their experience right Mm -hmm. and so the audience i mean my audience that i built for you know the instagram and stuff was mostly other students but it was create my goal was to create more of a relationship between the two yeah yeah the audience and like the students and the experience with the production itself um and all of that seemed to be really effective we had some feedback cards afterwards and we asked like how'd you hear about this production and a lot of people said you know instagram From and social the, media wow, yeah, so awesome. so yeah and i mean that uh, uh, for the whole being in a low budget production yeah. i mean that it takes your time which i mean time does cost money but we didn't have to expend any additional dollars you know yeah for that yeah, type yeah, yeah. Of stuff. it was very cost
2: effective yeah. to like get yourself. Yeah. i
1: personally wanted to have more of that type of thing with like the actors themselves doing like takeovers Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing but the text was really tough with them and the director didn't want to take away from their focus. Yeah, too much of the focus you you know, you have to respect that stuff Um, but But, I, so I think that's really effective um, finding other people well, first people that you know, getting them to follow you and then bring them in on that and then eventually through like hashtags and whatever else people catch on but that would be, I would say, step one
2: Yeah,
0: step one, that sounds very similar to our Three prong approach to marketing. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: That no. we, Whoa. That we so something's right We might, here. We might yeah. be onto something here. <laughs> might doing this right. I might not just be bullshitting. Them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because
1: I think it does start with friends and family, right? It's your first hand connections. Yeah. And then eventually, those people will spread word of mouth because they have a relationship with you, and then it's kind of that ripple effect.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as you get more, um, as as that audience grows it like holds its own water you know what I mean right There's especially like, if
1: you have something of substance yeah, yeah it's
2: it's like uh I think I first heard it in terms of uh dating but it's like it's called uh social proof you know what I mean like when I already the reason why they're what <laughs> I
1: said no I don't <laughs> oh it,
2: it, it's basically like this like um it's it's like a psychological thing where the reason why a lot of people find Um, this phenomena where as soon as I get a mate, as soon as I get Mm -hmm. a a partner, then all these other people express interest in me. The reason why that happens is because as soon as I get a girlfriend, then other women realize like, oh, he must be demonstrating some sort of value Mm -hmm. such that he can get a mate, such that he can get a girlfriend, therefore he must have value. So it's kind of the same thing. The more kind of followers you get on your project yeah. the more uh, <clears throat> reviews the more et cetera, et cetera. it kind of builds this like foundation that people it's that social proof that it's like oh there must be something here I should probably check out totally you know so that, that ripple effect just gets wider and wider and hopefully eventually get kind of a global presence mm-hmm.
0: there you go there you
2: go alright space pause on stage
0: space pause on stage what other approaches would you take
1: well I think doing some of that guerrilla marketing type things would be interesting so like if your thing is like puppies in space or something <laughs> i don't know i don't, don't
2: we're know we're building that we're building the mythos of, of space pause in every episode point. we're gonna have to make this movie i think right. we're like, gonna make space pause i
1: don't know like why don't you walk through like downtown or something with your dogs dressed up in like some sort of space outfit yep. you yep. as well yep. you know in some sort of astronaut outfit as and well. then That's having something yeah i don't know having <laughs> someone behind you passing out flyers or you know taking pictures and yeah. then having some sort of hashtag and you're like Hey, hashtag us space pause. You know, like t- t- take a picture, post it on Instagram, find us hashtag space pause or whatever. You've suddenly that. again created more of a relationship with with strangers than you. Yeah, had before. off the top
2: of my head, I can think <laughs> of um, two locations, and I'm sure there are more. But there are two locations in downtown Tucson that now have a happy hour specifically curated for dogs and dog owners to there bring. You, right. you know, whatever. So,
0: but then uh, the. the... To the end game, you wanted to mm-hmm. take out basically the stage to right. a location. That's another – That's such a solid idea. Marketing approach. That's pretty solid. Thanks. That's solid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sad I didn't follow through with it, but whatever. Well, save it for the life. next one. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, for the I mean, next one. I think it's like...
0: <laughs> do, you, do you find with, with smaller productions like that? There is there like a person assigned to figuring that stuff out or is it just like
1: – Well, I mean with the setup they have, they have their marketing department which consists of two people mm-hmm. and then they might have interns. And so – I'm an intern, but like I said, they're kind of swamped, and they focus most of their energy on the main stage productions because that's what profits the school. Right. The studio series productions don't haven't haven't gotten to the place where they profit the school in much of any way, and I do part think part of that is a system thing, not necessarily like you know the faults of the students or the way that you know the director does things or whatever else. Because um, I mean, tickets are like seven dollars flat fee. And you have a space that seats 60 people on average, right? Right. So versus a main stage where you're selling tickets up to, you know, 40 bucks and you have, um, you have a theater that seats uh, 300 people or so, you know, so there's just like a different, and you know, studio series only runs for a single weekend versus those, the main stage productions have, um, three to four weekends where they perform. So, like I said, I think it's a system thing, um, but they just don't put so much focus into the studio series shows. So, where was I going with this? Um, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But what I what I heard in there was I know. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you were asking. You were asking how they. I think you were asking like how they do marketing there for the shows or something like that. I don't remember. And I was right. just trying to. Exp- explain the system they i was have. trying
0: to i was trying to find out if um
1: oh who who mans like ideas for that type of right. stuff right well whoever has the idea i guess and, I,
0: I, <laughs> and another thing that i heard in there was that it's okay to ask for help to find an intern that yeah. would definitely be down to yeah execute those ideas i mean right. you do have to focus on your craft and if it's something that's probably complex and you get the, it takes a lot of time and energy to figure out that mm-hmm. text and that character and all that fun stuff it it would be nice to kind of not dump it but to kind of trust someone else with that right execution of those ideas you might have beforehand right go, before going into the show
2: mhm
1: yeah i mean they gave, they definitely gave me creative liberty but then i was also because i was starting like the social media stuff from like scratch it was just it was a lot to do that on top of do much else that i would have had to really have all do all the manpower for right so cuz i have a life
0: too <laughs> a, we know we know. we know you're very popular <laughs> you go to all the events
1: <laughs> I'm interested in all the events I don't go to all of them though. <laughs> well so, so fair enough my, so, says my, yeah. so yeah. says my Facebook so says my Facebook I want to do everything I just can't
0: <laughs> awesome well this was a fantastic conversation thank you so much Sarah for being mm, on our my podcast
1: my pleasure anything
2: uh, you want to plug oh Good question.
1: <laughs> um, well, right now, the if we're talking about studio series, the next show they have is going to be called Generation Z. It's a devised piece, um, so they're creating uh, the whole story from scratch. Um, there's no, they're making up all of the text and in, everything that else is that incorporated that is incorporated within it. Um, but it's about you know the generation of 1995 on. So a little bit different from millennials They're, fascinating yeah i don't really know how it's going to work out but i think it'll be really interesting i like i like the director and they have a they have a good cast so that'll be oh, when is it? november
0: <laughs> so, we'll put
1: the date yeah i know it's i shouldn't even generations sh- these sometime this it, year should, <laughs> i know i shouldn't even plug it right now because I don't know enough about it, but we have a, I have a committee meeting actually today at three 30, which is oh. why I had to we reschedule our, our podcast time. Uh, yeah.
2: No.
0: <laughs> Anything you want to plug in Tish?
2: Me? Yeah. Ooh. Um, not just yet. I'm going to have some things coming out in the next, uh, two weeks or so, but because nothing is quite there yet, I'm not plugging it yet, but stay tuned for the next episode where I'll be plugging everything. Oh, Oh, great.
0: great.
1: Oh, great.
0: Uh, I don't know. I would want to plug uh, our podcast here. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Just search for CSS Podcast. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Elephant Scout and Atisha's at.
2: Uh, don't follow my Twitter. It's a it's a It's very it's a, sad and depressing. Don't it, follow. It's, tw- a very, it's Twitter a, is my
1: weakest. All right, I
2: guess I Twitter outlet. is also my weakest. Uh, but follow me on Instagram at atishmazish. A t i s h m a z i s h.
1: I mean, if we're promoting ourselves, yeah, I guess. promote your brand. Do it. Great. Well, my Instagram is Ms Sarah Jackson. So M S S A R A J A C K S O N. Ms Sarah Jackson.
2: And follow. <laughs>
1: I'll follow you back. I already follow
2: Chris. All right, good episode, okay. y'all.
1: Bam.
0: And if you want to follow Greg Brown, he's mmmr Gregory <laughs> on Instagram.
1: He's actually done a good job of getting followers for himself. I guess he went on some different like Facebook groups or something and was like, because he does like his arm wrestling, and so he like. Was like here's my profile, and then he got like thirteen thousand followers on Facebook. I was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't believe but, that. But we'll talk about that another time. Who
1: knows? They might all be purchased.
0: But yeah, so um, thank you all for a great podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time.